Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. guys I love I love I love looking out here I see just a lot of people used to fanning yourselves just keep it going man you can bless us all just bless us all man get that air moving man it's a, a little warm in here but you know that's okay man that's good stuff um next week it'll be a refrigerator in here so just remember this warm night all right Man, I, I love you guys. Man, I'm grateful for you. I'm just glad you're here. If you're joining us online, a podcast, or the app, you do not know what the temperature is like in here. But thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. Um, if you can, I would like to invite all of you just to get out your Bibles or um, grab a Bible app and turn to the book of Psalms. Today, we're going to be in Psalm number 42. That's where we're going to be at today. And we're continuing in our series that we've entitled Mixed Tape. And over the last several weeks, we've been looking at a variety of different psalms and scripture. And you know, we've talked about this, but the book of Psalms is simply a collection of songs. They are collected for us so that we might have a song to sing in every season of our life and whatever we might walk through. In fact, there is a psalm for really just about any scenario that you're going to find yourself on this side of heaven. But there's something that I've discovered about the psalms specifically, the psalms that I think minister to me most and many of us most, and it's the psalms that talk about when we are down and when we're depressed and when we're discouraged. Um, In fact, I would say, if I was to be honest with you, When I am down, depressed, discouraged, having a heaviness of soul or whatever you might call it, that is when I specifically go to the book of Psalms. Now, I think we would all say corporately that we know what it feels like to have God nearby, right? To have God near and close and personal, and we love that, and we ought to love that. You know, we got God, and he's close, and it's personal, and we feel that feel that, but I think if you've been a Christian for any length of time at all, you also know something else, something else you might not talk about too much, but you know what it's like to feel like maybe God, God took a vacation, and he did not tell you he was leaving, and he did not tell you when he was coming back. The reality is that there is probably, for all of us in our Christian walk, a time when we feel that God is not near by. And if you have not had that time, I would say, wait, it will come. Some refer to this when you feel, he's not in far, but when you feel as though he is far, some call it the dark night of the soul, some call it a heaviness of soul, and 
Like you're sitting there, and I've been there, I don't know. You're like, you're praying to God. You're depressed, you're discouraged, you need an intervention, you need something. And, and you can be crying, and you're just crying out, and you're like, God, where are you? And all you hear is crickets. The question is this. We're all going to go through this or have been through this, and some of you are going through this right now. The question is, how do we navigate it? What are we supposed to do? What are you supposed to do when you're in that situation? Well, Psalm 42 talks about that. In Psalm 42, we're going to see a man, the psalmist, who's going through that very same thing, and from that we are going to learn from it. We're going to learn. When you go through that, you're not the first man or woman who's been through it. You're not the last who will go through it. And there are some who have gone through it before us and some like this psalmist went through it and wrote a psalm to edify us and help us understand. This Psalm 42 has what I would say three distinct movements to it. And so let's just tackle them one by one. The first movement we're going to see is the pursuit of God. That's how we will begin, the pursuit of God, the first movement. Um, now, if you've read Psalms before, you will notice that oftentimes at the very top of the Psalm, there's an introduction. It doesn't, I used to wonder, I'm like, is that part of the Psalm or something? It is part of the Psalm. It's not, part, it's not versed. But let's look out the heading of this Psalm. Here's how it begins. Why are you cast down, O my soul? So that's the theme. Then we get to who it's written to, the choir master, a masculine of the sons of Korah. Okay, we need to understand this to know what's going on, all right? Um, the sons of Korah, who this is written to, were a group of priests that were charged with ministering to the congregation in song. They would be maybe what you would call a priest of worship leaders. I don't know, a praise team, priest praise team. So the heading implies that this psalm was used in public worship. This psalm was sung, all right? The second thing we see there is it's called, it's called a masculine. What does that mean? Nobody really knows. We don't really know what it means, so it's usually not translated. It comes from the Hebrew verb, which means to make wise or to instruct. So you apply that verb, it means something like this. This song was written, this psalm was written to instruct us, right? So we see that this psalm was meant to instruct us, and it was meant for us to sing, now, we don't know who wrote this psalm. Most people attribute it to King David. I do not know, so I will not speculate. But we know he's going through something difficult. We're not told what he's going through. Commentaries write all sorts of things, but I, it doesn't matter. The text doesn't say so, nor should I. Let's get to it. Verse 1, 2, and 3. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is my God? Wow. The psalm starts off and you see that the psalmist is pursuing God. But he is not pursuing God in what you might call a casual pursuit 
He says he's pursuing God like a deer who needs water is panting for a flowing stream. How does a deer pant for water? Well, I don't know a lot about deers, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know this. If a deer is thirsty, he does everything within his power to find water because he knows he cannot live without it. And the psalmist says, that is a picture of me. I cannot live without you, God. And I'm not going to casually pursue you. I'm going to pursue you with everything I have because I know without you, I cannot find rest. And why is he in hot pursuit of God? Why is the psalmist in hot pursuit of God? Well, in the psalm, it seems that life has done a number on him. Once again, I think we can all relate, every one of you. Yeah, man, I've, I've had times in my life when life be doing a number upon me. We know this man is suffering. Verse 3, he says he's in tears. We'll get to verse 5 two times. He says despair. Verse 6 and 11, once again, he goes despair. This is a man who is suffering. He is crying in great despair. And listen, when you are in despair, it means all hope is gone. There is no way out. You have ran out of all of your options. And you're in despair. And then despairing often manifests itself, whether privately or in public, with tears. I'm in despair. I'm crying. If you find yourself crying at a time you do not want to cry it is probably an indication that you are in despair and that's this man he's crying he's struggling because he says god is nowhere to be found in other words god where are you where are you My soul is panting after you, but the question is how I'm going to find you. That's a spiritual struggle. And then there's a compounded situation here. He says, not only can I not find you, God. Hey, not only can I not find you, God, but guess what? My enemies, they know I can't find you. That's that's things. They say to me all day long, where is your God? Right? Right? Maybe you felt that. I don't know. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been there. Maybe your enemies coming up at you, right? Your enemies coming. And they ask questions about God that you feel that you have to, you've been, I don't know, identified as the person who's going to, to, to speak up for God. And they're sitting there asking you questions. Where is God? And you're sitting there. You're really quiet, but you're thinking to yourself, I got the same question. Right? I gotta, you, you gotta, you're not going to tell them that. You're not going to say, I don't know, I don't know either. Right? We don't say that, we, we hide that. But you're sitting there, maybe you're wondering to yourself, wait, I've got the same question that my enemies have. God, you there? What's going on? But it continues, and it's going to get even deeper here. Because not only is he crying, not only is enemies asking him the same question that he has, He's got memories of the way it used to be. Look at verse 4. We're just walking through the text. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. That's when he's crying. I'm, I'm I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying, but I remember this. Look, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise 
a multitude-keeping festival. He says, man, God, man, God, I remember when it used to be different. I remember going to church and singing with glad shouts. Not just a little shout. I'm talking about I was singing with a glad shout, but now it's different. Now it feels as though you are distant. Maybe even Satan's come up to, maybe Satan even whispered in his ear, you know what, I know you remember those times. You better just remember them because you're never gonna go back there. You've gone too far. God has gone away. There's nothing in you, of you. You know he's not gonna come back and you got these lingering memories. How do I get back to that? I remember when it was different. I remember when I felt near. Now I'll have his memories. I want it back. I want it back. And so he cried out, we're going to keep moving, go to verse five, and now he's going to do something. Once again, I feel like we've all been to these situations. He's going to go to a different step in his despair. So first he's going to be to cry. He got to crying. You know, I'm crying. Now, now the guy going to start talking to himself, right? Check it out, verse five. He's going to talk to himself. Why are you cast down? He's talking to himself. Oh, my soul. Why are you in turmoil within me? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? He's talking to himself. And maybe you've been there. I don't know. You're in despair. I'm in despair. I am in despair. God is far away. I'm, I'm crying. I am crying. I am crying. I am crying. God, where are you? The enemies, they're coming up to me saying, where is God? Now you start talking to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Now, I could sit here and say, if you've never talked to yourself, raise your hand, but I already know what would happen. Nobody would raise their hand because we, we talk to ourselves, right? Hopefully not when you know someone's in the room, but sometimes we do that. But I want you to watch this in, in the psalm as we're moving through this kind of first, this, this part here. He's talking to himself. Now he's going to do something once again that I think many of us do in a time of despair. He's going to get on what I call an emotional seesaw, right? You know what a seesaw is. Well, I don't know. I don't know if seesaws are legal anymore. I don't know the last time I saw a seesaw. Evidently, some kid got hurt and now they're outlawed. I don't know. But you can still make one, you know what I'm saying? But you get on a seesaw, you got one kid up high, one kid, you can be a grown man. It don't matter. We could do it. You mean, yeah, we just do it. You go up here, got here, you're down, you kick up and you go up. You can go, so that's a seesaw. Now what we're gonna see here is he's continuing, he's doing the crying, he's doing the talking to himself and now we're going to see kind of a seesaw. He's down, now he's going to be up. Here's the up part. Once again, desperation, you do ups and downs. Continuing verse five, here we go. Hoping God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation. We getting up, we getting up, we getting up. Come on. And my God, my soul is cast down within me. Verse six, therefore, look, he's gonna do something. I remember you from the land of Jordan and, and of Hermon, which is the tallest peak, it's 9,000 feet, from Mount Mizar, which is a little hill. In other words, from the greatest to the smallest hill, I'm gonna do, I'm going to remember you. Let me tell you something real quick. It's important, Christian, to have a history with God. 
You got a history with God when you get in the times of despair, when you get in the times of difficulties, you will have the ability to look back on what I would call the footsteps of grace in your life. And I tell you what, if you don't remember some of them, hang out with some of your Christian brothers and they will sit there and tell you about some of the things God's done in your life because I'm telling you, God moves, God works, God is moving. We gotta remember that. Let me say this. If you are in a situation and everything is going good with you and God spiritually, enjoy it to the max. Write that stuff down. Put it in your memory bank because when you come to a time of despair, distress, depression, you can go back and you can look at that and you can remember that's what he's doing. He says, I remember. He's back on that. He was damp. He was crying. The boy was crying. The boy was talking to himself. Now he's pushed up on that seesaw, right? He goes, I remember. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. I don't feel it now, but I'm going to remember when. So he's moving from disturbance to hope. That's the first movement we see here, the pursuit of God in the psalm. Now there's going to be a little bit of shift, and we're going to move to what I would call the second movement in the psalm, and we're going to see his praise of God because you see the seesaw man he got up I'm going to praise God now look at verse 7 deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls I love that word yours you know everything is God's everything 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 waterfalls are his your waterfalls all your breakers and your waves have gone over me okay waves Wave, and then we all know what waves is. You all been in some ocean somewhere. It doesn't matter. Maybe even a river. I don't know. We know what a wave is. And you can go out, you, man, you can go out into the ocean and every one of you can take one wave. I think we can all take one wave. It's not the first wave that messes us up. It never is the first wave unless you're walking on your knees. Sometimes I walk out on my knees and that first wave will get me. But usually it's the second wave or the third wave, Right? One wave's okay. Billows upon billows of billows, they can overrun you, and you think, when's it going to stop? When's it going to stop? That's this guy. But we see here in the midst of his despair, he says, I will hope in God. I will praise him, my salvation. Church, you know the truth is this. Sometimes you're going to have to trust God in the dark. It is not the preferable way. I grant it, I understand that. That's not the preferable way. But there are some times you're just going to flat out have to trust, hope, and God. It's dark. Any form of Christianity that tells you that things never get dark is not being honest with you. But the Psalms says in the midst of darkness, I've decided, I've decided, I've decided it's coming at me. I've decided to hope in God. Verse eight, check it out. He's continuing, look at this. By day the Lord commands, we see sovereignty there, his steadfast love has said in Hebrew, it's his covenantial love. And at night his song. Oh man, we could talk his song. And God sings, God sings. I know there's some guys in here like myself say, I can't sing. Yeah, you can. God sings. His song is with me a prayer to the God of my life. So the picture is he's struggling to survive. There's a raging sea of doubt and despair. And in that, he grabs hold 
of this truth. This truth. It's the truths of God that will keep you afloat in the days of despair. And he says, and at night his song is with me. It's a pi- Guys, it's a picture. In the dark night, the Lord is comforting him with a song. It's like the picture of a mother with a scared child, and the mother is singing a lullaby over the frightened child. I'm like, yeah, God, I don't know where you're at, God. I'm crying. I'm talking to myself. The enemies, they're asking me questions. I got the same questions. But I remember. I remember when things were different. I remember what you've done in my life. I know you're sovereign over me. I know you're singing. And that will sustain me. And then we get to the final movement, the last three verses. So he went from despair. He got on that seesaw. He went up. And now it's going to lead to his prayer to God. His prayer to God. Now, I want to talk about this. I think it's something we all know, but I'll just say it. It's hard to pray when you are depressed, distressed, and discouraged. It's hard to pray when God does not seem close. It's hard to carry on a conversation when God seems Far away. Now, I was thinking on this, and there's many reasons why that is true. <laughs> but I think there's one specific reason why when we're all spiritually depressed, it's often hard to pray. And I think it's this. I think it's this for me. When I pray to God, I often want to speak correctly, Right? I want to use the right spiritual words. I want to, I don't know, what's, you could say the word highfalutin, something like that. I got the words, I got, I want to say. Now, 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 I think sometimes if I'm spiritually depressed and I'm coming to God, I fear that I might say something that I will regret later, right? Right? I, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm emotional. I'm all this. Am I going to get on my hands and my knees? I'm crying before the Lord. Am I going to say something that later in life, later on, I'm going to regret saying? It's, it's like that in life, right? In real life, in real life. Okay, in real life. Let's, I'm going to tell you guys this, in real life. If you're getting on my nerves, we're talking, now once again, none of you get on my nerves. But if I got a full stomach, I'm cool with that. I can, I can, I can, I can ride it out. I'm not going to say something I ought not say. But if I'm hungry... If I'm hungry, I got no business talking. I don't. Because I'm going to say something that after I get a taco in my belly, I will regret saying. And I don't know, sometimes we might feel that way with God. I'm spiritually depressed and I'm telling you right now, God, if I come to you, I'm going to start spilling and saying and doing things that, that when I am in a different mood, a different light, different things happen, I will sit there and say, how could I say that to God? But that's this guy, he does exactly that. He goes and talks to God, God on an empty stomach and he says, a prayer, and it's not a prayer that's all theologically, I don't know, astute, and he doesn't use all the great metaphors and assimilies and whatever else you might want to use in a proper long prayer. Here's what he says, verse nine, here's his prayer, man. I say to God, or I'm praying to God, my rock, here it is. <laughs> Why have you forgotten me? 
Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? That's not like a way to open a prayer. I don't know. God, where are you? God, God, where are you? Have you forgot about me, God? God, do you see my enemies? They're attacking me. Do you see that? There's no our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Some might say that's not a spiritual prayer, but I'd be sitting here. That is a spiritual prayer. That is a spiritual prayer because it's an honest one. It's a painful prayer. He is in desperation. Look at verse 10 and 11. Continue. You see it. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. You see the pain. While they say to me all day long, where is my God? You see the hurt. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Agony, pain, hurt, agony. God, I hurt. Be with me. I don't know why. You're taking so long. I need you. Truth is, once again, the Christian life is not always hilltops and pastures. That's heaven. On earth, there appears to be a little mixture of heaven and hell. You know, when you die, you go to one of two places. You go to heaven or to hell. On earth, sometimes there's a mixture of it. Verse 11, here's how he ends the prayer. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That's it. That's it. It ends on a high note, it is, my salvation and my God, but I gotta be honest with you. It's less than satisfying finish, in my opinion. I mean, people criticize the psalm because it doesn't really have a resolution here, right? It doesn't, it doesn't. None of his questions are really answered. He's cried out, he's on the seesaw, he's talked to himself. So is this a happy ending? It's mixed. I got to tell you, guys, in life, many things are mixed. I know we like things to be black and white, and we like closure. There's not really a closure here. His faith is amazing. The fight is valiant, but he doesn't get what he wants right now. We don't see that. Maybe later, but we don't see it here. He's asked a lot of questions. He didn't get a lot of answers. So here is how I want us to end. This is what I want us to do. I'm going to do this. There are six ways I see here that he responded to a heaviness of soul and none of it is dependent upon God answering anything. I think that's what we're meant to see. Life is mixed, man. People are complicated. Situations are very complicated. This guy does six things. So you're in the darkness. You're in the heaviness of soul. Do these six things. I'll do this fast. First thing he does this is this. He asks God, why? That's a legitimate question. He may not have asked the question with theological precision, but it's from the heart. And I want you to know that God is big enough to answer your questions. I would suggest you do it with respect and reverence. He is the Lord God Almighty. But it's legitimate to ask questions. He asks questions. Two, he affirms God's love, God's sovereign love. In verse eight, he does that. The steadfast love, he's singing, he's singing with me, right? He affirms the sovereign love of God. So you're going through the dark time, you're going through the desperate time, you're going through the maybe depression. God seems far away, 
friend, Christian, brother, sister, remind yourself of the sovereignty of God. There is nothing that comes to you that has not first been filtered through his hand. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves. Third thing he does, and I want everyone to hear me loudly and clearly, he sings. He sings. I sing terribly. You can ask my family, but I still do it. I still do it. I still do it. I sing when I pray. Sometimes I get a, song, a, 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 a hymnal, and I'm like, man, I don't even know what to pray, so I'll just sing a song. He sings. This psalm is a song. My guess is that Psalm 42 was sung by David or whoever wrote it in his time of desperation. Fourth thing he does, he preaches to his soul, his own soul. Guys, we need to be telling everybody about Jesus. We gotta be telling everybody about Jesus. You need to be sharing the gospel every day. If you can, do it, do it. Lifestyle, words, action, deeds. But I tell you what, the number one person you need to share the gospel with is yourself. And you go, hey man, I'm already a Christian. I get that. I get that. I am a Christian too, but I got to remind myself of the gospel every day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes four times a day. Why is that? Because sometimes I forget that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Sometimes I forget that God is good. Sometimes I forget what God has done. Sometimes I just, I don't know. I get off course. We must be preaching the gospel to ourselves. Five, he remembers the past, his experience. Once again, I kind of talked about that. Guys, Think about it. Think on it. Remember it. It stirs. The final thing he does. He thirsts for God. That's what makes this psalm so beautiful and crucial. He doesn't say he's thirsting for relief. He doesn't say he's thirsting to get away from his threatening experiences. He doesn't say he's thirsting to escape. He doesn't say he's thirsting for his enemies to be destroyed. He says he's mainly and primarily thirsting for God. I want to thirst that way too. I want us to thirst that way. So six things you can do in the darkness. Ask God why. Affirm God's love, sovereign love, seeing Sing, sing, sing. Preach to your own soul. Remember the past and keep thirsting for the sovereign God. I do not know who's listening or watching. I do not know all here today. Some of you do not know Jesus. Some of you have not repented and believe. My prayer is that this very day, if you do not know him, that you'd repent of your sin and call on him to save you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this beautiful psalm. Thank you that we can learn from it. Thank you that we can walk in light of it. I pray, I know there's some here right now who are going through the darkness of a soul, the deep, the soul, man, this hurt. And I pray that you give them the grace to navigate it. And I pray that you would bless us as a church. And we ask this all in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.